Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel. Van. Today is uh, Rosa Parks' birthday. Happy birthday, Rosa Parks. Happy birthday, Rosa Parks. Very important woman in history. Do you know why? And it's a serious question, not because of the number of days or anything like that. Why did they choose February as Black History Month? Did it have reason to, to, to do with the fact that her birthdays, she's such an important part of black history and her birthday is in February? Are no. there a, a prominent number of, of black historical figures that are born in uh, February? No. What, what is, <laughs> okay. what is Come Donnie on, Come on, Donnie. Come on, Donnie. What does Donnie say? The month of February was chosen to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. All right, well. So I was kind of right. I was kind of right with the Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass is very important. Lincoln, I don't think that Lincoln should have anything to do with Black History Month. <laughs> Same. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's got to do with anything. <laughs> he, uh, look, I'm not, people go, oh, Abraham Lincoln. I'm not discounting how important Abraham Lincoln was as president, probably the greatest president, one of the most tumultuous times in American history. But I'm not, I don't want no white dude. I just keep it all the way gangster. But Racers. that doesn't make any sense. Why what? are we having Black History Month and coinciding it with someone who's uh, not black? I mean, I get well, what, I get the argument where people will say what he did, you know, what he did for black people. I get the people are going to say that, but let's, I think that defeats the purpose. Frederick's great. Let's go ahead and throw Rosa in. Her birthday's in February. Right. Let's change the narrative on this. I did not. Are we sure, Donnie? Are we sure? Donnie, Donnie did is you, good for this. I'm Here's the thing. Google. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I want this as a breakout. Is Abraham Lincoln one of the top 10 most important people in in black history? Are we excluding black people from this? No, we're just, wait, we're not, what are you talking about? How can we exclude black people? No, what do you mean? Well, then my answer would be no. My question, you're saying, is he one of the most, say your question again. So look, if we did the 10 most important people in black history, right? And, and that's be, okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. If we did the ten most important people in Black history, just mm-hmm. the ten people with the biggest impact of Black history. When we say Black history, I'm not talking about the entire diaspora, the Pan African is Black. I'm talking about Black American history. If we did the ten most important people to Black American history, would Abraham Lincoln be on that list? And this is why I ask you the question. So, if we're including Black people. I'm going to say no. I thought your question was like white people who were important. No, it's not. You're, this is so frustrating. I'm no, sorry. I'm saying people. Then, so they could be black or white. Like to then me. No. Then no. Not even in like not 10, you know. I'm just thinking of the black people that I wouldn't include. If let's you're name, talk so let's to- throw some names out. Okay. Are you, are you, let's throw some names out. Let's see. Okay. So Dr. Let's King's start with on the there. Malcolm X. Malcolm X is on there. Uh, to me, I would put uh, James Baldwin on there. James Baldwin's on there. Frederick Douglass is on there. Frederick Douglass is. Harriet Tubman's uh, on there. Harriet Tubman is on there. Sojourner, Sojourner Truth, Truth <laughs> is, is on there. So how many? Let's do get we have some. Right har- we get some Harlem Renaissance folks on this list D- as well. Donnie, Donnie, 
Donnie, Barack Obama's on there. I'm, I'm shocked. Shocked. He has to be. You put Come him on, on there. No, he has I'm sh- to be. Come on, I, he would be on my list. I'm talking yeah. about you. Remember, you he eliminated him when we, okay. when we played okay. this last so, time. So, Donnie, so let's get a seven. Running. So, Donnie, do you know what? Okay, so this is the list. I'm going to write this down so we can actually do this in a scientific way. Not, and where, you'll see why I asked the question I did. No, no, no. I'm not saying we, you know, ask the question. The question is There's definitely important. 10 more black people who've done more for us than, uh, than any white person. Yeah, it's true. Except <gasps> it, it's true, but the <gasps> Who? the the freedom thing is very important. <laughs> well, you know. are you saying he we got freedom because he solely wanted to liberate black people? Look, that's not I'm the answer. Make, that's well, not, I, you, look, you, I know that's, that's not, not the truth. The so then I'm, I, I'm not giving it to him. Here. If we're just doing it on accolades, right? <laughs> if we're just talking about, well, go ahead like, and throw LBJ in there. I'm gonna be on. Go ahead and throw LBJ. That's the question. The question. Well, hold on, hold on. That's the question. So look, here's the deal. If we're doing it strictly based off accolades, like for example, I'm sure somewhere Lincoln has like a great, 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 great grandson or something or granddaughter. Don't they have to have like some sort of entree into said barbecue? Isn't it like am I being am I being too much of a softy right here to think yeah, about this? We got liberated by default. Like if, 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 if Whoa, the war we, if we, the war could have if the war if he could have not avoided the war and not freed us, we would still be enslaved. Of course, of course. That's very true. He said as much. Also, I think people don't really know the history of slavery enslavement in america to know intimately just how much black people had to do with their own freedom and uh like the, their own abolition and like how you know i think it's the it's a trope that we were great slaves that never bucked the system we we were docile no no no, no. it was coming to a head anyway having said all that somebody still has to do it so let's go back to the list okay, okay. Let's, how, let's go who, how many have we are we naming okay. we've been naming them okay so we're so dr king Mm-hmm. Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. So oh, join the Rosa. truth. Okay. Put Jay, uh-huh. put Rose in there. Okay. So join the truth. Mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Frederick Douglass. We said James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Okay. So this 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 last three for me is easy, but Go. it's it, it might be hard for some other people. Okay, I would have Ella Baker there. Mm-hmm. Who started SNCC? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I would have. See, I would then branch out, right? I would have somebody like Robert Johnson there. Okay. Who's the first black billionaire, right? Like from BET, first black American billionaire, right? I, BET. I know. Huge Thank thing. you. I'm making sure everyone. No, you, I'm okay. wait. I'm waiting because I thought you were going to say when you said branch out. I thought you were going to say like Stokely Carmichael. That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I, I would. I'd have Ella Baker there. Ella okay. Baker there to me encapsulates what Snick means, and she mm-hmm. was the you know the driving force of that. The beginning, yeah. And uh, other people. And for me, the last one could be Dubois. It could be Maya Angelou. It could be Bell Hooks. You know what I mean? It could be Obama. Which I would have Obama. It could be Thurgood Marshall. There's so many people There's I would so have. Many. That I would Shirley have Shirley Chisholm. There. I mean Shirley Barbara Chisholm, Jordan. Shirley Chisholm, like Barbara Jordan. There's it could be a lot of a 
So and you so you want to ask the question again and ask me if Lincoln fits? The, I, I'm just asking because I can't if, I can't take away from what they did and and if I'm doing a top ten and say what he did was more I get what you're saying but I feel like it's it's like a a knock to our people who did so much and made so many sacrifices I know I know you're not saying that but that's why I couldn't put him in the top okay. ten. Well, we'll ask the people: Is Abraham Lincoln one of the ten most important figures? In black history. Huh. In black American history. I'll ask it black again American. so Donnie's get a clean edit. Is Abraham Lincoln one of the 10 most important people in black history? Huh. Do you want to say black American or black history? God damn it. Yeah. Donnie, just use one of these. Is Abraham Lincoln one of the 10? Is Abraham Lincoln one of the 10 most important people in black American history? It's an interesting question. Um, this Black History Month is kind of I don't know. You know, you don't, a, it, it, it ain't hitting as hard. Ah, it's not lit. It's not lit. It's, it's like, just it's, a lot of stuff has surrounded the start of this month, and I think that's why. Like I'm, all, I'm like it's February. I'm very lost in the days and everything. Also, I feel like the veil has been pulled off Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? It's like we. It used to be something where you get like a day off from school because it got you black history. Yeah, because we had to do the black history presentation thing. And so we didn't have any class. Wow. Because it was just first period and maybe part of second period. And then the black history thing would be like three hours. And after that, I got football practice. So it was like, it, it, you know, like you never had the black history thing. It was, it was great. Go up there. People come over there to do the local guy from the fucking uh, uh, Africa in the hood there's always a a pan-africanist that wants to come back and teach you about your roots and all of that stuff you had the brothers from the islamic temple would come over there and they would do their thing we learn all about great people like granville woods people that we never talk about inventors you know that really had their whole situations wiped away and it was cool but since that it's so corporate when you get to be an adult black history month is some corporate bullshit you wouldn't even know it, it was Black History Month at all if you didn't have to go to the store. <laughs> That's so true. It is different when you're younger. Like at my school, we definitely didn't have a day off. Uh, my parents were part of another group of black parents that fought to get Martin Luther King Jr. Day off at the school that I went to. Right. So we didn't have anything with regards to Black History Month. So to me, what it what what I remember is doing programs at church, uh-huh. doing speeches um, where we would we would talk about historical black figures who did something in our community, did something that benefited us. But my mom would always take us to the library too. And we would learn about, because we weren't getting that in school, you know? So it was like a sense of pride that I, that I would feel. Cause I was learning stuff that I, you know, wasn't learning anywhere else. Our childhoods were so different. Let me tell you what my parents would do. <laughs> so your mom would took you to, your mom took you to the library and then you would learn stuff, right? Yeah. My parents would teach me. But only after getting mad at me for not knowing something I was supposed to. Know. <laughs> they so just assume you were supposed to know it. You're supposed to know it. We're on the TV. Jackie Robinson comes on the TV. I'm like, who is that? Look that boy. That's Jackie Robinson. That's the first black man ever. What you mean? You don't know who Jackie Robinson is? God damn it! Get your ass up. Get up. God damn it. Go over there and read the encyclopedias until you find out who Jackie <laughs> Robinson is. I want you to come back over here and tell me who Jackie Robinson is. I'm like, 
yo, have we, did I miss the Jackie Robinson conversation? Is like, it's no. It's like I was supposed to know. All of this stuff. Stuff out the Bible. Oh my God. Well. Supposed to know it. You know, we were well, we, we definitely knew that. We got it at school, church, and home. Speaking of Black, Black History Month, before we get into the, the topics, I want to talk about Bed Bath & Beyond real quick. Did you see the uh, the nigga products that they put out at Bed Bath & Beyond? See this? <laughs> Go on. Yes, I saw it. I saw it. Well, I don't understand what's so funny about it. They put, I don't... Go ahead. They gave you nigga washes and scrubs for Black History Month. Did they? Yeah. yeah. You mean because of the packaging? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. designed by somebody black? Is what yeah. I read. Yeah, it was. It was. There's absolutely nothing wrong with any of this, by the way. Okay. I'm like, I didn't understand why, if you're going to choose to be upset about something, there's a lot going on. I didn't understand the big deal with this, especially since it was designed by a black person. I'm like, okay, you guys, they just wrapped a couple of things up, <laughs> like a few items up. What's the big deal? Sorry. Well, I didn't, am, I, am I missing something? So if it, if I did have a gripe, this would be the gripe. Sometimes the othering is exhausting. So this it's is like a try hard. It's try hard for you. Yeah, it's like you're watching HBO and it's like, uh, we have HBO HBO Max for your all your varied entertainment needs. We have HBO Crime for people who like crime stuff. And then we got HBO Urban for all you motherfuckers that want to take it back to the streets. And, and, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, just like, like, do we all have to be our own category? Like, it, it's like, I get it. This breath, Bed Bath & Beyond thing is great. But like, when I look at it, just put the packages out there, put this shit out there. It's a great cause. It's a great thing, but it's a little exhausting to dress it up in a dashiki. You know well, what I'm saying? It was the colors. It wasn't an act. It's not like they put Kente, Kente cloth around. Can you it, imagine? It, they, if, they had, if they had actual cloth. Like a little actual cloth. It's just so nuts. And they always do this. And I'm telling you, this leans into the fact that really everyone feels like black people respond more to gestures outward gestures than they do to actual substance what's going on with this is actually good <laughs> if you guys didn't know that bath and body works is what it is i said bad bath and beyond but it's bath and body works <laughs> uh has a long-standing commitment to the columbus and national urban leagues through a five hundred thousand dollar donation that's a little chunk of change right there mm-hmm. that bath and body works is doing mm-hmm. it's just distracting to dress the packages up in nigga costumes. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. February. I'm actually going to buy some. I didn't actually think it was that big of a deal. So does it bother you that if you go to Amazon.com, it's my face that says celebrate Black History Month? Do you think that I'm a package that they wrap me up in Is regards to books? Yeah. Hold on. Let me go check this shit out real quick. Let me see how Rachel is sold out now. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> let me see <laughs> let me see i didn't know that amazon.com let me see let me see is it is it right i hope it's gone that's not you oh look they probably thought this was you but look it's candy no, from, <laughs> they got they got candies uh they got oh it's now that's candy that's they swapped me out they swapped me out they swapped you out i had candy. one day i had one day 
So you, it's saying you. I had you, one day. Now it's Candy Burrs. They probably now it's don't Candy know that they Burrs. did it. They, they probably don't. <laughs> Click. It <laughs> says like, Rachel. Put, they, like, they put Rachel, but no, nah, I think that's great. Look, I'm not saying that they they shouldn't use. The, obviously, Black History Month is a is a special month, but I think right. sometimes it, the whole thing can be a little bit much. It seems performative sometimes. Well, sometimes you know? it is. Sometimes it is. Yeah. I'm sure it's a spot on the calendar. Like, okay, we got to make sure that we do this. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just our month. They do it for others too. Like, who else do they do it for? Tell me. Um, for um. Yeah, right. They don't do it for nobody else. Yes, they do. They have no. other heritage months, and they do do it. Oh, Pride Month, they do it. They do it for Pride. Mm-hmm. They do it for Latinos, Latinas, Latinx. Right. Sometimes people get offended with Latinx. So I'm trying to be trying to say I, I get Latinx actually, is offensive. Yes, I've I, I've had not everybody feels that way, but I have heard from certain Latinos and Latinas that Latinx is offensive. I have heard that. I don't know if that's a general consensus or not. So I'm covering. I'm going to make sure I don't offend anyone right. when I say it. Well, before we get into all of that, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, big news. Brian Flores, the ex-coach of the Miami Dolphins, is suing the NFL, alleging racism in hiring practices. This is a couple of days old now, but it's a bombshell. It's a class action suit. Brian Flores, who's the coach of the Dolphins, had uh, what would be considered a successful season this year. After that successful season, he it was shocking news that he was fired as head coach of the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He claims that part of the reason why he was fired is because he refused to acquiesce to ownership's tampering uh, with a with a star quarterback who they do not name, who is probably Deshaun Watson, and also that race was a factor in that. And if you read the entire lawsuit, which I did, he it is just chalked full with statistics that clearly illustrate the NFL's race program. Right now, there are thirty two NFL teams. There is one black coach in a league where seventy percent of the players are black. When you add the GMs to that situation, black leadership at the top levels of the NFL is sorely, sorely lacking. There's a lot of other stuff in this lawsuit, including, including a situation where Brian Flores was in con- is on con- was in contact with Bill Belichick, who he knows, who he coached under, and Bill Belichick call it call Bill Bel- call it Bill Belichick called Brian Flores to alert him to the fact. That he was going to be the next coach of the New York Giants. Told him he had got it. Brian Flores 
let Bill Belichick know that he hadn't even interviewed with the Giants yet. Bill Belichick was like, oh, my bad. What he really meant was Brian DeBowl had already gotten the job, mm-hmm. meaning that the interview that Flores had coming up with the Giants was a sham interview that they only did to meet the league's Rooney Rule guidelines. There is so much in this. Flores is pointing to direct knowledge of the discriminatory hiring practice and the practices and the culture of inequality that exists in the NFL. Rachel, what do you think? I got to say, I love Brian Flores. I mean, what Brian Flores is doing is takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of guts, and he's basically coming out on something that most people, whether you're a player, an athlete, and in the front office, even a fan of the of the league or the sport, you already know. You know this is the case. But he's coming out and really becoming the face of it at this point and jeopardizing his entire career, which he acknowledged. He acknowledged that this is something that he loves. It's done so much for his family and for himself, but he hopes that standing up against systemic racism in the NFL will allow others to maybe have the courage to do the same and will implement positive changes in a league that we know has a history of this. And in with the, I, I should note that Brian Flores is doing, it's a class action lawsuit. So he really has an uphill battle in a class action case and trying to prove the things that he's alleging in his lawsuit because he's got to show that there's some type of commonality between members of the proposed class action group. And because it's discrimination, he's got to show that they were all discriminated in the same way, which is very, very hard because he's listed the ways in which he was discriminated against. So that's going to be tough. But the reason that he's fall, I, I guess, falling on the sword and really standing, making a, um, a statement is that if you look at the grievances or the lawsuits that have been filed in the NFL with Kaepernick. And then you look at the, the um, investigation that was done into the formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Each time an investigation was done, it revealed racism that existed in an, in a, in the league as a whole or in the, within the owners or within a certain coach or someone in the front office. So by him filing this lawsuit, he is going to be entitled to discovery which is going to show communications and documents and will reveal even more racism for the NFL. And will it make a change? It hasn't as of yet. And we've seen this in the past, but it might as this is something that's continuing to come out. So you got to commend Brian for doing this because he's really sacrificing his entire career. I'm aggravated. I'm aggravated. At which part? I'm aggravated the whole lot of it. I'm aggravated because I'm a football fan. I'm a fucking hypocrite. It's disgusting watching football. I was all hyped yesterday. LSU signing day. Mm -hmm. Signed Harold Perkins, number one linebacker in the whole country. I discuss it with myself. I'm discussing with Brian Flores. Because? Because something that happened a couple of years ago. With Brian. Yes. Is this out? It's been out. Okay. Kenny Stills. Oh. 
was in Dolphins camp. And this was around the time that Rock Nation completely defanged Colin Kaepernick's movement and his schism with the NFL. You guys, I'm sorry. I don't, I have people over at Rock Nation. I have friends over there. It's not everyone. The reality is that Jay-Z's deal with the NFL was the death blow to a movement to hold the NFL accountable for some of the racist things that they were doing. It's a fact. A lot of people are going to come back and be like, man, Colin Kaepernick took a settlement. They settled in a labor dispute. Colin Kaepernick still did not have an NFL team. They tried to have a sham tryout, all kinds of things. When the league was able to partner with the most culturally powerful man in black America, they essentially made an alliance that made everybody turn off, turn, turn back on the NFL games. That's what happened. That's what happened in that situation. What was his deal? I think you need to explain that to people. You're talking about an alliance and they partnered, but in what way? They partnered to create two things. Number one, Rock Nation was going to get to oversee the Super Bowl halftime show. That was one thing. Number two was they were to create this this uh, initiative called Inspire Change. And what Inspire Change was going to do was divert money from NFL budgets uh, into things that could help neighborhood activists, not neighborhood activists, I don't want to minimize it, but activists in local areas all over the country. So what they were going to do was empower the players through podcasting and all kinds of other stuff and through television spots to uh, to go out there and have a voice and be more transparent about some of the ways they feel like the league is acting. Okay, cool. That was supposed to be one of the solutions. When asked very directly in one of these meetings about um, – Colin Kaepernick, Jay-Z famously said, I think we have to move past kneeling. And it seems mm-hmm. as if inspire change is what we move to. Nobody right now really knows what the hell they're doing. Nobody has any clue. It has absolutely zero momentum, zero traction. I am sure that the that the uh institutions across the country that are getting their thing that are getting their uh initiatives funded, I'm sure they all have a problem with it. But I'm telling you, as far as the critical mass. And dealing with the race problem in uh, with the NFL, Inspire Change, and that partnership has done absolutely fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it on this podcast before. During that time, Kenny Stills, who of course was uh, very, very in lockstep with Colin Kaepernick. He was right there with him. One of Colin Kaeper- Kaepernick's biggest allies, Kenny Stills, and he also had uh, Eric Reed. I uh, was playing for the Miami Dolphins, where Brian Flores uh, was the head coach. During practice, Brian Flores played nine straight, I think it was eight straight Jay-Z songs uh, while Kenny Stills was out there. It was, at this point, it was Kenny Stills and, Kaeper- and, and Eric Reed. They were mad at Kaepernick. Uh, and he did this, as he said, was uh, an exercise to make sure that Kenny Stills could concentrate on football. And making plays more than the other things that are around him. So Kenny Stills was in the middle of a social movement. Something that Brian Flores says that he supported. And said that he understood. But he wanted to make sure he could concentrate on the football while playing Jay-Z songs at practice. Football first. Whatever you're doing before. Because you're using that uh, to antagonize him. I thought it was weak then. 
And to be honest with you, it, in in my situation, there was a lot of talk about it. Thought it was weak then. I thought it was weak. I thought it was a weird thing to do with a brother dealing with this type of a real life issue. Now, a couple of years later, I'm not saying that this takes away from anything that Brian Flores is doing. I'm saying it's aggravating that it takes niggas getting bumped on their own head till they realize what's going on. It's like, I don't agree with that. That's fine. Let's get into it right now. Then you think you think taking the you think playing the Jay Z songs to someone that's going through this antagonizing them. You don't think that's insensitive, especially for a black coach. Okay, to a it's black a Jay. It's a. I don't think that Kenny was that. You know, like triggered by Jay Z. Just to be uh, honest it with was, you, it became an issue. Is that so? You're saying that's why he got traded? No, I'm not saying that's why he got traded. But I'm saying it, it, like it was an issue. It was something that the coach had done. I'm telling you, it was that an issue that. Was, he, I'm saying Brian Flores was playing no, keep I your get mind that. on football games. And what was Kenny's response to that? Kenny didn't like it. Did he say it? Or was this an issue that like the media picked up and, and other people? Like uh, That's why I'm asking. Are, are you speaking for him? What was his actual response to it? Kenny Stills, Jay-Z songs. Let's see what Kenny Stills had to and say. And the reason I say that is because I think there's an argument that can be made that <laughs> I think there's an argument that can be made that he wasn't necessarily trying to trigger him with Jay-Z. It could be that there are going to be a lot of people. Dre's, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be talking. There's a lot of people that are going to have things to say. And you need to be able to ignore the outside noise and focus. I think that I don't think that it necessarily means that he was against what it was that they were standing for. And you yourself said that he that he said he wasn't. I think it's hard to say that, oh, now that he's been a victim of it, which I'm sure he was prior to what's coming out. I don't think this was a one time thing for him to say, you know what, at this point, I'm going to come out and do this. I'm sure he has dealt with racism in the NFL as a coach prior to this point. I don't think it's a one time thing that can happen to someone for them to say, you know what, now I'm going to sacrifice my entire career. I just really I really don't think that. I don't think you're giving Brian Flores enough credit. But at the same time, I think you're reading way too much into him playing Jay-Z songs. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think he was uh, that uh, triggered. Well, I'm not talking about how triggered he was. I'm talking about the it's fact that... It's not like that he was catching passes from Jay-Z or something. You know what I'm I mean? I'm talking about the fact that they're in, something, they're in a real-life societal battle, right? The Jay-Z thing is going on, and he's using it as a football motivation tactic. He's antagonizing the guy that's going through something actually real. I thought it was very insensitive. But Brian Flores says he supports the movement. He's okay, go ahead. How how you how are you supporting the movement when you're when you're telling the guy, hey, look, how are you see, that's the thing. Hey, yeah, I know that we're talking about injustice and racism and all of this stuff, but don't forget about football. Or maybe he was I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's cool. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that, why don't you so, show support for him in front of the whole team first, which is what he did. Secondly, after he played the songs, why don't you show support for him and the whole team in, in in front of the whole team, and then let people know kind of what's going on within the team, and that they need to focus on doing their jobs so that they have jobs. What what was Kenny's response? Kenny blasted Nas songs. Okay, so nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. I just think that I don't like it. do Never I necessarily like agree with the tactic? No. But maybe that's just like he's just it's a it's a harsh tactic 
to get through whatever message message it is you're trying to get through on the other side. I guess I just don't read that much into it. I just something don't. That a, something that a company man would do. I know you're you know, going for this, but I'm fucking forgetting about football. Anyway, say having said all that, I support Brian Flores and what he's trying oh, to do. Oh, you do now? And his class, <laughs> class action. It's the same thing he did. That's why no, I just did. I played not. the Jay-Z song, and then I said, said that I, so I support what he's trying to do. But I am telling people this. It's getting sick and tired of people having to get knocked on their head with their own shit. I don't think that's before they under. Well, you know what he just said? He just said on CNN, he was talking on the guy on CNN, he says it's bigger than, what I'm doing right now is bigger than football. Mm-hmm. But he didn't seem to think what Kenny Stills was doing was bigger than football. Did he say that? Or are you just basing that solely off some Jay, a Jay-Z playlist? He said in a press conference that I did it on purpose to let him know that no matter what's going on in the outside world, you still have to get open, catch the football, and make plays for this team. That's what he said. Okay, but that but that doesn't say that he's against what he's doing. He's basically okay. saying, like, don't, like, he's still trying to make him a good player, I guess. He's not telling him to not be something. He's just like, when you're playing, focus on football. Right. Now, though, it's And ignore than the outside noise. And he's sacrificing, he's sacrificing his whole career. You know he's never going to get hired again. He's seen it he's happen. Get, he's probably going to get hired. Okay. I think he's going to get a job. People probably said the same thing about Kaepernick, too. And here we Should've are, all these job. years Should've later. All I these years Brian later, Flores he didn't get... Is, Going to get another job. I think he is. I think somebody's going to hire him. Who's going to hire him? The Cowboys? Maybe the Saints. Maybe the Saints. <laughs> Maybe the Saints will bring him in. I'll bring him in as long as he don't play any Hove when niggas go and had beef with Hove and stuff like that. So you don't listen to Jay-Z anymore? I listen to Jay-Z all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Spike Lee is going to direct the Colin Kaepernick docuseries for ESPN. I just wanted to throw that out there. Colin's story is coming to ESPN near you what are your thoughts about this i'm more interested in the brian flores docuseries <laughs> let's see what happens um i didn't know that you weren't allowed to fuck people that you work with even if they were down well you, it's a an hr issue you gotta inform it's not that you're not allowed to but people need to be informed Really? At least HR. Not like you got to tell all your coworkers, but you got to let HR know that you have a relationship. Okay. So Jeff Zucker didn't do this. The president of CNN. CNN is turmoil. He resigned over consensual sexual over a consensual sexual relationship with a key lieutenant. Making it seem like this nigga is in Fallujah or something like that. He's the president of CNN. Uh, Jeff Zucker was in a relationship with a woman named Allison Gullis, they've known each other for a long time. I guess during the pandemic, they decided to get a little frisky. That's what they said? That's what they said. He says, uh, so... It's not what the rumor mill says. That's what it says. I was asked about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague, someone who I've worked for for more than 20 years. I acknowledge the relationship evolved in recent years. I was required to disclose it when I began, but I didn't. Recently, our friendship changed during COVID. Um, I regret, that's what she says. Like, I I regret that I didn't disclose it all at the right time. During COVID, the friendship changed. Well, why? What are you hearing about? Well, the rumor mill is not that it just started. That's that's convenient to say it just started during quarantine. The rumor mill is that it's the worst kept secret in TV. And they've had a relationship going on for, not, not friendship for 20 years, relationship for 20 years. 
to the point where they both left their significant others. It's not, it uh, okay, didn't just start so, two years ago. So then, well, more to the point. She was at NBC. She was at NBC. What's the, big, what's the big deal then? So the big deal, I think, is that you let go of Chris Cuomo because he wasn't forthcoming to you about certain information and he didn't tell you everything, but you're guilty of the same thing. And if the company- No, called, no, 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 no. He's yeah. not guilty of the same thing. He, they didn't tell. They didn't tell anybody. Wait, wait. Chris Cuomo was like harassing people and stuff. Harassing people, but he wasn't. So they asked him. Remember they asked him what what his relationship was with his brother, how he was involved with it, and he wasn't forthcoming apparently. I guess they did an investigation. That was my oh, understanding, Rachel, that's right? that's totally different than, that's, have, than, than fucking somebody that you work with. I'm not with. putting them on the same level. What I'm saying is I, I was reading into this that he wasn't, he didn't, the reason he, Jeff uh, Zucker is stepping down is because he wasn't forthcoming with information about a, a relationship that he had with a coworker. And I'm sure company policy is that you have to inform HR if you are. So he kept a secret. He didn't tell. I'm just saying you literally fired someone. Yes, he did other things, but he also did that as well. I was just saying that there's a, there's a little hypocrisy in that. I'm not saying, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying there are some similarities. And I think some people are Look, like, okay, go ahead. I, I understand that you have to make sure that people aren't dipping into company ink all over the place and HR issues and stuff like that. But you have to really lose your job over a consensual relationship. You know, well, they, like, the, they, the they rumor is, is that she got certain hired to do certain things because they were in a relationship. Katie Kirk wrote about it in her book. She said that when he were helped her work on her syndicated show, he insisted that this woman do the PR. This woman left NBC. She came over eventually after working with Andrew Cuomo. She came over to work with him. Mm -hmm. There was right. some there. You can't say there wasn't some favoritism going on, which is why you have to be forthcoming with these type of relationships. Yeah. I guess. I mean, look, everybody has their favorites, you know? People have their favorites, but it's this is favorites for the right reason. You know? Well, she gets to keep her job. Yeah. He's rich. He'll be fine. I don't really yeah. care that he lost his job. I just I remember when Tavis Smiley <laughs> when Tavis Smiley got fucked up. Remember when Oh wait, did he do something <clears throat> in a hotel? Was he like knocking on doors or what? Yeah, okay. okay. So Tavis Smiley got fucked up. And it was so funny because I watched the Bill Cosby documentary, which you refuse to watch, which you should watch. I watched the Bill Cosby documentary, and at one point, Bill Cosby was talking to Charlie Rose, and I was like, shit, both of these motherfuckers got fucked up. And then I thought, every, at one point, everybody got fucked up. Cosby, Lauer, Charlie Rose, Tavis Smiley, uh, uh, fucking, what was the other guy? Oh no 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 the uh, the 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 head of CBS Les Moonves oh. every single everybody was getting fucked up everyone and Tavis Smiley was like the funny thing about his is that he was like yeah yeah I've I've had you know relationships with people that I work with I mean how can I not like I'm here oh, all the time I didn't know that to me. <laughs> yeah he was like he was like I'm here all the time like these I'm, I'm I'm like I'm here all the time and these are the people that I'm around so I just don't think it's weird that you would have relationships with people that you're around all Gosh, the time people have to understand the power they exert over people that they have a better job or better status than like 
They don't understand the pressure that we talked about this before, the pressure that comes with you feel like you can't say no to certain things. No to this date. No to this, you know, advance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dad Cut out smiling. Van's laughter after I Van's laughing because he's reading an article right now. Not oh, at what not at what I just said. Let's be clear. Tabitha Smiley defends sexual relationships with employees. Where else are you going to meet people? <laughs> Where's Tavis now? He's doing his thing. He said like he was like he's like he's 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 somewhere doing his thing, man. Okay. Oh my god, he's doing his thing. So Tavis Smiley's he was so important guy. Where else are you gonna meet people? That's what Tavis Smiley says. Tavis Smiley never goes to the grocery store. Think about it. Tavis Smiley goes from work directly to his bed. He doesn't even drive home on the way where you might see somebody. He's just work. He teleports right to his bed. Can't meet anyone else. Tavis Smiley never goes to the gym. Tavis Smiley doesn't like hang out at a bar and have a drink. The only place he can meet people is at work. Oh, Tavis, Tavis, Tavis. By the way, you have no right to talk about this. Because? Your whole relationship is based off meeting, meeting people that you work with. Like your whole relationship is based off of it. And you had more power than Brian when you met him. It's a totally different concept. It's a it's, true or false. Just answer was, the oh, question. True it's or false. false. No, it's true. It's absolutely false. Don't you, you, don't, you don't you minimize you, our relationship like that? Talking about it, it was a work thing. He came on a show for dating. He made the choice wait a to come on the paid? show. Well, hold on. Hold on. Did you get paid? I did. The, did he get Brian? paid? For no, he did not. Wait, you don't get paid for going on The Bachelor? No, you don't get paid as a contestant. Wait, what? You don't. So you go on The Bachelor. You do all of that shit. You don't get paid. You some get people zero quit, dollars. Some people quit their jobs to come on the show because a lot of people come on, especially these days, and look at it as an opportunity. You know, like, oh, I'm going to use this as a springboard to do something else. Contestants do not get paid. Only the lead does. I'm not going to lie. Them's the thirstiest motherfuckers <laughs> in the world. And you are one of them, Rachel. <gasps> You're so thirsty. Why? You do all of that shit and not get paid for it? I My job kept me employed and paid me while I was on The Bachelor. And if it. I hadn't been employed, I probably never would have gone. If my job didn't agree, I would have never gone on the show. And then guess what the, Guess what you did as soon as you got back? You quit. Loyalty. No, I didn't. Loyalty, I actually was in trial. Please don't. Somebody hasn't read my book because that's not what I did. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the right time. Me and Y'all Bozo. see what Bozo. kind of support I get? Bozeman read it. Bozeman read it. You didn't see that picture? Yes, Bozeman. I saw the picture. It was really yeah. cute. Bozeman read it. Oh, you guys, Bozeman and Copper met. Yay, finally. Yeah, Bozeman and Copper met. And Copper is just like 15 times more mature than Bozeman is. Yeah. Like Bozeman was Bozeman's not still a puppy. Copper's Copper like was. seven and a half. The copper wouldn't get copper wouldn't be <laughs> fucked. The only time Copper came around is when I was going to the kitchen. Copper wanted some food. I'll fuck the cop. <laughs> right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, guys, uh, I'm sure you guys are all aware of what Whoopi Goldberg stepped into a little while ago. Um, She was on The View, and they were having a conversation about books being removed from certain curriculums at schools all around the place. They talked about one book specifically named Mouse that deals with the Holocaust. That is when Whoopi Goldberg said this. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe it, it, yeah, no, it's Jews about a different it, race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, what race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. So what we were saying was that the book in question um, was a part was part of literature that was being pulled out of school schools because it delved too deep into race talk we've seen this all over the country we're seeing this on the east coast the west coast uh we're seeing it in the south where uh books that talk about america's history and deal with america's history either directly or indirectly are being taken out of schools whoopee um got a lot of trouble for saying that she apologized and this was her apology yeah and what what, would you care to uh follow up Clarify what you said this morning? I don't know because it I, confused some people. It, it upset a lot of people, yes. which was never, ever, ever, ever my intention. I okay. thought we were having a discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've, I feel, being black, when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and mm-hmm. the very real anger because people feel very differently. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. And... The discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt that that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man and how horrible people can be to people. And we're seeing it manifest itself these days. Okay, so news has just dropped uh, late last night. Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended for two weeks from The View for that discourse. We have a guest joining us today. Okay. This guy does too many things for me to name them all. No, no, you can find, okay. Don't bother. You, you, you Friend find of him the a lot show. Of places. Friend of the show. I'll cheap heat here. <laughs> cheap heat here on the Ringer Network. Yeah. He's on ESPN Radio. He is one of the voices of hip hop on at the at one of the meccas of hip hop. Hot ninety seven in New York. Uh, a friend of the show and you know a, a homie of mine, Peter Rosenberg. Now, Peter, we must say this. 
I saw Peter's tweet on this and Peter is just, he's Jewish. So we want to have a discourse here and a conversation um, about sort of the intricacies that go on into this conversation between black people and Jewish people. And more to the point of where Whoopi might've been wrong, where she was right and why the sensitivities uh, are so heightened behind it. So Peter, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's a heavy topic to talk about, man. What are your thoughts initially after hearing all of that? Well, first of all, you're welcome. And I think it's also very funny that Van texted me and we never discussed what it was about because it was so obvious. (laughs) Read the text. (laughs) You were just like, yo, you come on the pod tomorrow? I was like, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so, okay. Um, I have a, a lot of feelings about it. Mostly what I feel is is frustration that, and I've, this has happened before that Mm -hmm. at times people say things related to the Holocaust very often or Judaism in general and Jewish organizations at times or individuals get so easily upset or offended that they react in a way that is so swift and and strong that I feel the reaction fosters much more anti-Semitism than the original statement. So in in other words, there is a stereotype that you can't talk about the Jews because the Jews control everything. And if you do that, they come for you. I consider that to be a really dangerous thought, right? You know, as, as someone who's a Jewish person myself, who is not part of, if there is this like Jewish Illuminati, I'm not part of it. So I find that that stereotype to me is super offensive when, when people act as if, even though, by the way, just like you guys can relate on on black issues, I can make jokes about that. But when I hear other people make jokes about it, it it does make me feel sensitive. Um, and so when, when you see an example like this, or it happened with Nick Cannon, where upper management decides, like, we are going to hold you over the fire and punish you, to me, I'm like, what is the purpose here? You're, you're now reinforcing a really bad stereotype. And in the case of Whoopi, what's interesting is the only thing you could say is that you disagree. You, you don't agree with the semantic sort of argument she was making. And that's fine. I think, like she said, it was a salient argument. You could have an argument with her where you say, yeah, race, wow, let's get into the construct of that. Because race as a construct in America means one thing. Hitler with the Aryan race means something else. Okay, like there's a, a, an argument and a conversation to be had. The part that I don't understand is what was offensive. And this is a, this is a thing that bothers me when these things come up all the time because frankly i try to project what could happen to me if i said something and people who didn't know me came out and said oh he's a racist doesn't your history matter like i would hope that if god forbid that happened to me someone like van and rachel would come out and go nah rosenberg we hear what you're saying he said that's out of context you don't know him that's how i feel about Whoopi. we know her we know what her intentions are We've seen her every day on TV for what twenty years of the View. I think yeah. of you. I think of Whoopi as practically being an old Jewish lady herself. You know, like <laughs> from the, the the sort of political stances that she takes, she reminds mm-hmm. me of like she'd be a friend of my mom's. 
you know, so so the idea that she would be accused of doing something bad and now she has to get this pardon the the the, the phrase public lashing, I think is terrible. I, I, why does she need a two week suspension? Who are you appeasing? We know what her intentions are. So I, I find it all to be really frustrating. And, you know, and of course, for my troubles, I've gotten called a self hater now and an anti Semite oh, myself. God. Oh, yeah. Come on. You know what you know what people are going to do. But like, it's you know? got to stop somewhere. It's never I, stops. It never stops. I, I was going to. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you and you just answered my question. Do you think she should be suspended? But then you already answered that. So the next question I have is what I find interesting is this show is called The View. And it's about having different discussions and challenging one another and just having an open conversation. At least that's what the show is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it could have been more beneficial if she wasn't suspended and you un and you explained why people were upset or not upset or you brought someone on just like we're having a conversation and we brought a guest on someone who can speak to what was problematic or maybe why it wasn't or why people are don't understand this yeah I, that's the thing it's like it, for me a two week suspension implies someone said something really hurtful and and really like almost unabashedly hurtful and this is an easy, com in my opinion, this isn't even that hard a conversation to have. Like, yeah, it requires nuance and stuff, but they have nuanced conversations on The View. I actually give them credit. Like, they really talk about things on that show on live national TV. Um, I I'll say this, you know, did Whoopi make a mistake? Yes, she made a mistake. She talked too comfortably about an at atrocity that's not hers. Mm -hmm. And that is across all groups. You can't get out and really speak matter-of-factly if I was to get up and tell you guys, yo, slavery was this, people are going to feel a way. They're going to go, oh, don't, don't, don't tell me what slavery was, bro. Don't tell me. So that was a mistake. We've all made that mistake. It doesn't change her intent. She wasn't, she talked a little too loosely. Why? Because she's sitting with her friends. She's with Joy Behar, a Jewish woman. She was comfortable. And so she may be over, maybe she sounds a little too forceful in her opinion on it. And it makes people go, hey, 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 that's, that's my story, not yours. But to accuse her of anti-Semitism anyway, no. So I think for me, if I'm not going to say what she tried to say because I think what she was saying was pretty evident, right? She was saying it wasn't about race because the... And these things, like Peter said, are layered, right? Hitler certainly thought, and you can read Hitler, okay? Hitler certainly thought that the Jews were a race, a, a version of humanity less than what the Aryans were. Mm -hmm. That goes without saying, yeah. okay? That was the very basis of the purge of the Jews. That was the basis of the entire thing. Now, there were probably a lot more reasons why he wanted to do that. But the reason the reason that he he sold it to people, he ratcheted up their hatred to kill 12 million people. Some of them were six million of them were Jews. Six million of them weren't. OK. All right. So that the racial aspect of the Holocaust is just historic. I think, though, that what Whoopi was touching on was something that blacks and Jews do not talk about enough, which is okay. the fact that there's, okay, I, I want to say this de delicately. There's a pain, a specific pain about being black, right? 
and there's a specific pain about being Jewish. The difference between the two is black people can't ever access whiteness and the Jews we know here in America can, mm-hmm. right? And that wedge and that that schism is alienating to black people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't want to get put in all in the same uh in the same container because whenever we get put in the same container it finds there somehow seems to be a way that we find ourselves to the bottom of that container even amongst the oppressed right Mm -hmm. so what i what i heard from a lot of people was like no it's not the same like i would be at tmz harvey and evan and all of my um all like all of my colleagues there they would be like i'm a white man and this is what white people do. And this is what white people do. And this is what white people do. They're white and then they're also Jewish. Well, I'm just black. I'm actually, I'm a lot more than that. I'm black. I'm probably Nigerian. I'm I'm a Louisianian. I'm a hip hop lover who thinks correctly that 400 degrees is better than reasonable doubt. <laughs> like, 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 I'm, like I'm, a, I'm a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. But to America, I'm just black. And I think a lot of black people have issue with the, uh, take issue with the fact or don't understand the fact that Jewish people have this deep, 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 older than America, if we're being honest, history of pain, but then they also get to be white. And so I think that is where Whitney's, uh, Whitney, uh, that's where Whoopi stepped on it. And I also think that's where a lot of the people um, that came out uh, and that didn't get it, I think that was a lot of their gripe. What do you say to that? Yeah, I, I I think you know. Did you read the article that I posted about my dad? I did not, but okay, I didn't so, get a chance. So to. when you get it, when you guys get a chance, I, I posted it and put on my stories. And my dad talked very specifically about uh-huh. this issue, right? And it goes two ways, and it's super interesting. I thought what he said. Um, number one, he was saying that he cannot relate as a Jewish person in America to what it is to be black and be judged by your color. You, you, you walk down the street. My dad doesn't get seen as a Jew. Like, you know, like he, he just gets seen as a white guy, an old white guy right. walking on the street. You cannot identify with that on the flip side of that coin. For so long, people of Jews have wanted non-Jews and, and everyone else to understand that to your point, you just made van anti-Semitism is a very specific thing that right. we don't even want to be blended in with black oppression. It's our own struggle. Right. So why now are you like, no, no, no. We want to get thrown into the racism conversation. Like my dad makes the point in the article, and this has been my dad's whole life. My dad's been writing about these issues for 50 years. That's never been something that Jews have fought for. Hey, please consider us a part of the racial conversation. No. Well, first of all, there's a really basic thing to say, which is that, like, you can't really call Judaism a, a race. I mean, you can convert to being Jewish, first of all, and have it be credible and legitimate. Um, you know, no offense, Rachel Dolezal, but that's not a thing. Um, yeah. And on top of that, there are Jews of all different races, right? Like, so it, there, there's some really basic fundamental things that that solve this to some degree. But to me, what's frustrating is, like, it's just a semantic Whoopi's talking about the racial construct in America because the subject was originally about books related to race, et cetera. Mouse isn't a book about race. It's right. about anti-Semitism. And mm-hmm. 
No, listen, on the flip side of that coin, and this is the part that's really frustrating, and I'm guessing you guys have both had this because you guys both have individual thoughts that may not go exactly with uh, every one of your identifiers. And when we have arguments like that, things get thrown in your face, like people throwing things in my face about not standing up for Jews and, you know, and and attacking me for these opinions. Cause this isn't the first time that I've come out and said, that's not anti-Semitism. Let's chill. I also have come out against anti-Semitism and been utterly ripped by that. And it's been unpleasant. And to be totally real and honest, it has happened a lot in the hip hop community and it hurts. Like it's not fun to see a tweet from tweets you know, when I came out and said I wasn't comfortable with Jay Electronica's album content and some of the things he said, talking about the synagogue of Satan, yeah, and, and people one. with a straight face tell me not to feel a way about that. There's an explanation. Mm. Why would you feel any way about someone repeatedly saying things about the synagogue of Satan and then being like, just go read the Christian Bible and you'll understand what it means? Why, why would that help my feelings on it? Like, and I have to, like, I've, and that it's hurtful. Like it, it really is. I'm not saying it's not unpleasant. It really is. And it's uncomfortable because in hip hop, the black Jewish relationship has long been so complicated because on one side you have like all these Jews who are down from the beastie boys, MC At Search. The yeah, sure. You know, but then you also have some usury and the labels and yeah, you know, there's always a little, even when people nicely talk about Lior, you know the impression they give of Lior? It's still got a little bit of it's still got a little bit of anti-Semitic tropes in there, right? And if you know Lior and his story, you understand where some of those tropes may come from. But it right. doesn't make it less comfortable. Bro, just in my day-to-day in hip-hop, the amount over the last 15 years that I've gotten the the comments about me being Jewish, yelling out, yelling out on the street to me. Saying things like, yo, man, me and Saif talk about this all the time because Saif witnessed it so many times and would like put his head in his hand because people come to me and be like, yo, Rosenberg, man, you're not so bad for a Jew. Like that was that's regular. <laughs> I got that regular. So, right. like, just to be clear, anti-Semitism is very real. It is a problem in America, always has been. It's been a problem in the world, always has been. But let's call it out when it's real and not when it's someone who's proven herself to be a good person just saying something that you didn't agree with the way she said it. Hmm. Van said that he worked with people at TMZ that said they were white and Jewish. Worked. I said He's worked. Not, he does not work there anymore. Okay? I don't work but, but, but he always brings up TMZ. No, because it's, <laughs> it's, oh, wow. it's, it's a part of you. It's okay. It's a part <laughs> of your past. Man. I got to bring up the Bachelorette. It's what we, we did it, Van. We did it. <laughs> but Van just brought that up, that he worked with people that said they were white and Jewish. When Whoopi was talking, she was saying it's not about race. And she was calling white people Jewish. I was reading this article and it made me think, does labeling... Jewish people as white, do they feel, and I, and I, and, and this is really a question I have, do they feel that in any way that erases their history or some of the oppression that they suffered related to the Holocaust or even way before that in history? Is that like, is that why there's a, a separation between white and Jewish? Because lumping them in as white almost seems American in some sense of the word. And this is a question that I thought of. I was reading something today. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 a it's a good question. Um, you know, and and by the way, 
it, it, it does get thrown out there. You know, like people will say like black friends will joke and be like Rosenberg isn't white. He's Jewish. And there is like this joking about it. But at the same time, I always describe myself as white because that's what my American experience has been. You know, like there's just there's no getting around that. So to me, I don't feel I understand not wanting to call if you're Jewish. I understand being a little uncomfortable being like, no, no, I'm just white because the fact is I can end up in a room of just white people who if they're all not Jewish, I will feel Jewish and I will feel a little uncomfortable. And that, and, yeah. but it's not the same as a black man walking around. Almost black all of my Jewish friends, almost all of my Jewish friends have said to me, um, "I'm white around you, but around them, I'm a Jew." Mm. And, and by the way, that's a great way of putting it. And my dad dropped a gem. But here's a gem on the flip side of that from my dad: Jews will always say, "You know, they don't let us in the country clubs too." And you're right; they didn't let us in the country clubs. But you could go swim at the public pool. No one right. knew you weren't. You were white. But you could still right. swim at the pool. Right. So you just couldn't get to jump in. The, you couldn't join the club, which right. is shitty and it's wrong. But right. it's not the same as being black, where you can't jump in the pool anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1954, 1953. Do you know? Do you know how much discussion your discourse with Jay Electronica caused? Like like that back and forth because number one when that dropped we didn't really have shit else to do that was like early pandemic early pandemic yeah and then he i've heard him say that in other records right yeah and i knew exactly where it was coming from because i when i was a kid i actually asked my mother that's i asked my mom like what a synagogue was and and she goes well that's where jewish people go to church but we're not talking about them like that's not what we're talking about this is being talked about as like people who 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 are saying that they're something that they're really not now i'm curious about this do you think that that's an anti-semitic bar um i've i don't here here's what's anti-semitic okay that conversation which i had to have repeatedly and endlessly (laughs) what i kept being told was this isn't about the real jews this is about the fake Jews. The problem is most people like, and and Jay and I haven't discussed this in a very long time because we used to argue about these things in person. Now we, we haven't spoken in years, but I can't say Jay. People who are fans of Jay and who came after me, the problem is this. They're saying, no, no, that's not about the real Jews. That's about the fake Jews. Who are the real Jews? Well, the real Jews are black. Well, what am I? You're a fake Jew. So it is me. So then my my thing is this. I'm I'm stuck in this awkward position. And this is how I this is how I say it. Right. I'm the last person who's gonna argue about whether or not the original Jew the original Jews were black. Uh, I, I don't why would I that would be cool. I don't have any I don't have any downside. But right. if you want to consider me the fake Jews, okay. I'm I'm the kind of Jews whose family were thrown in ovens. I'm that right. Jews. Right. Call us the fake Jews. Call us the fake Jews. I'm among the 6 million fake Jews, right? That Those were, when my mom was born in a displaced persons camp in Germany, it's because her and the other fake, quote, fake Jews were all under attack and getting killed, right? So it's this very hard thing where like they literally say to me, and this line always makes me want to like, I don't even know how to respond. Yo, Rosenberg, it's not anti-Semitic because 
anti-Semitic doesn't even make any sense because it's not it's not about Jews. It's anti-Semitic people who are Semitic. And that's not Jews. And I'm like, but guys, we're playing again, more semantics games. Anti-Semitic in America means you don't fuck with Jewish people. You know what I'm saying? So to answer your question in a really long way, I don't know about the specific bar specifically, but when you add up all of the imagery Jay uses, it, it, it starts to feel a little uncomfortable. If I'm being honest, I think if it was in reverse about someone else's group, they'd go, man, there's a lot of evidence to make me go, oh, no, no, don't worry. He's not a racist. Like you'd be like, oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of, sure a lot of stuff around that makes me feel like it's a racist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I know what's crazy is, you know, we're definitely in the wheelhouse of what we're talking about. Those are the conversations that I would pay to see. Like I would pay to, what I would pay to see is a forum where we just discussed that. Jay Electronica mm -hmm. is probably my favorite rapper of all time. Wow. God. <laughs> your takes your takes are through the roof, by the he way. He said that before on the show, for like, sure. <laughs> hey, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. On talent alone, I'm not talking about body of work. No, no, you're not. He's not going to agree not, with I'm you. Not, I'm, not like, talking about, I'm not talking about body of work. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about on talent alone. Jay Electronica is the best I've ever heard. Him and Andre. On talent alone, he's the him and Andre are the best I've ever heard. I guess I just I don't. He's very, very good. To put him in the ilk that to jump him over some of the people you just jumped him is so I just don't like Andre, it's such a no-brainer. <laughs> I hear it's all so clear what makes him that special. Jay is really dope to me. He's not nearly as versatile or, I don't know, pleasant a listen as Andre. Like, I just don't <laughs> want to listen to Jay all day, every day. But I will tell you, Exhibit C is one of the greatest rap songs ever made. So Ever I'll, made. I'll stay ever made. The problem is no album came for the next 10 years. And unfortunately, That's, very no. That's very true. So we're 10, totally huh? out of my wheelhouse right now. Just want to just put that out there. No, so I'm going to bring <laughs> But I want to do I, I, the last thing I want to say with with him is uh, with with Rosenberg is is look between us. Let's just for the sake of this interview say that you're not white. Okay, I know you want to be white because let's face it, Rosenberg, who would? But let's say you're not white. Right. Let's say that in some way, black people and Jewish people could reaccess. The uh, the alliance that was there, if we're being honest, in the 50s and the 60s. Now, there are a lot of reasons why that eroded. Um, but let's say that there was a way that forgetting about the European-American power structure that exists. Um, just as people talking to one another who understand what it's like just to be real with you to be kicked in your ass wherever you go like here in america and then you know jews wherever they've been how can we stop deshaun jackson situations and the nick cannon situations the situations where we seem to be talking past one another while trying to say things that are seemingly empowering to either one group or the either or the other group because be honest with you it, we can talk about what's real and what's not but Black celebrities are afraid of the Jewish community. They mm -hmm. are. Like, they're afraid of the Jewish community. It seems as if uh, Joe Rogan could say nigga, 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 nigga 
on a on a podcast that's here on this network, Spotify, where we're recording this. But if that was the K word all over the place, that the reaction would be completely different. And, and black people see that. And sometimes there is acrimony because of that. But in the last couple of years, I'm seeing the two communities bump bump heads in a way that I really hadn't seen before. What do you attribute that to and how do we fix that? Seriously. Wow, man. The first part of that is is so deep, you know, like the, the, the history is so deep and there are things that are so complicated. You know, we could spend we could oh, do yeah, entire, of course. we could do an entire podcast just about Louis Farrakhan and the role that Louis Farrakhan has played between blacks and Jews in America. Right. Because that's especially in hip hop. Oof, that's a. You know, so complicated. Out, yeah, so mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and shout out to um, shout out to Royce, the five nine who when 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 the Sean Jackson thing happened and I was I was attempting to speak about it as best I could. Royce called me and, and to the point you're trying to make was like, yo. I want to know he was basically just like, I want to understand how Jews feel about Farrakhan. I've been hearing about this for so long. I want to explain how I feel about Farrakhan. Damn, I want to know how. Yeah, Roy's just, just a realist. Just Roy's a quality just a person. Game, just a, yeah, just like, a Roy's just a just a good man. Bro. Just a good quality person. And so, like, yeah, that was the only time I've ever had a conversation. You know, really an extended conversation. So, but but Farrakhan is simply one piece of this pie that's really much bigger than that. And you made a really interesting point. Like, how would you not feel that way? Like if you were black, how would you not feel that there's a double standard? Because mm-hmm. you've never, I mean, I kept joking about Nick that after Nick Cannon had his thing. And by the way, Nick fucked up. He re-released an interview with professor Griff at a time. It was, I really didn't think it was not a, a wise move. Right. And I was disappointed in it because I love Nick. But then I was joking afterwards that Nick went so far to apologize. I thought he was about to convert. I thought Nick was going to have a bar. <laughs> like, 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 damn. We, it, like, and so how could you not have this double standard? Because the truth is Jewish people are very influential across Hollywood. You know, like Jewish people have done really well in that space, you know, um, and and I'm very proud of many of the things that we've done with regard to trying to bring other groups with us but at the same time i mean am i gonna sit that i sit here and pretend that i like the decisions of every rich executive who's jewish and across fields but particularly in hollywood so that's a i don't know what to say to that like although rogan's an interesting one too though right because he's said so many different things that haven't led to him Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying losing his situation by the way i don't even when i completely vehemently disagree with people i never am for people losing their platform neither am i even if i'm I'm not a rogan guy but i I, people coming at me like you come at rogan i'm like yeah i come at what he says i don't come for his job um but yeah i don't know van that's a really deep thought you know like i get why black people would feel a way about that and i also would have a basic expectation that just because you know that there are rich, powerful people of a, uh, who happen to be of Jewish persu- persuasion, that you wouldn't throw that onto everybody else. You know, just like mm. I would, just like I try my best to never do that of any other group. I guess that's all I could really say. But the bottom line is, the reason I think it's happening is why everything's happening. Come on, bro. 
it's Trump. Trump, <laughs> Trumpism, <sighs> Trumpism turns shit up so hot that of naturally two two of the groups most affected by this shit that has the yo Jewish. I know Jewish people. I can speak for myself, members of my family and friends. We have real life conversations. I don't know if black folks do. I've had real life conversations with Jews about like, where is this shit going to go? Like my, my family, my brother and his family, they just handled getting their Polish, Polish citizenship because that we're entitled to it. Oh, I'm all, I'm, no, I'm on it. Like, I'm like Vancouver. So you, no, 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 no. Don't no, worry. No, it could go down. Oh, yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. And we bro. do have these conversations, by the okay. way. We, we, we do, bro. I'm, I'm on it. I got like crates and crates of ammo in there. <laughs> like, 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 like uh, I'm, I'm on it. If it gets sticky and it goes down like that, we out. So, like, like that, like, I so be, and, and and because both groups feel that way, couldn't it be possible that's part of the same reason we're going each other's neck so much? Because like we're kind of both scared that the temperature has been turned up, you know, and on top of that, we have to deal with, well, no, both of us do. Cause fuck y'all got to deal with Kanye. We have to deal with fucking these Jews that are in there too amongst right. them. And you're like, what the fuck? You, you know, you're Jared Kushner's, you're Stephen Miller's and these supposed Jews who are all a part of this exact same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, I think it's I think it's scary for all of us. And I, I think you make a really great point. The more conversations we can have, you know, it's so corny, but it really is true that, like, we have way more similarities than differences. And yeah. I really wish we could have more conversations like this. Mm. I'm thinking documentary. I'm going to be honest with you. I just had an idea. Hey, hey, by the way, that's it. I know I know an Oscar. I know a guy who won an Oscar as a producer <laughs> on a film. <laughs> And I know a guy, he's black, by the way, the guy I'm talking about. Well, I know a right. Jewish guy who is really in like the hip hop world. They could come together and maybe do something. I'm, I'm with that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking documentary. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that we're going to talk. How about that? By the way, we should talk. I've, I've not <laughs> thought about this. We should talk. We should talk. Yeah, we should. We like, by the way, like, I know who, I know who could be the uh, narrator for this documentary. Come on, get me employed. Oh, get me employed. Come oh, on, Peter. Oh, oh, oh. You know, he, he's doing more Instagram. for me. <laughs> he's got to narrate this shit. <laughs> All right. That, my friends, was the great Peter Rosenberg. Thank you so much for yes. joining us today, Rosenberg. What a fantastic, enlightening conversation, my man. Appreciate you guys. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Okay, uh, fantastic interview with Peter Rosenberg. Absolutely. Oh, I have have a serious question of the week. It's another one. For Rachel, Rachel, I'm I'm doubling down on Van series question of the week this week because I thought about I thought something we early. already did it. Oh, you're gonna do it twice, okay? Do it twice, okay? Here's the thing. Here's a serious question. All right. You can have one of these services for free for life. These are the four services: personal trainer, a driver. A nanny or chef? Okay, I already knew what I wanted before you said it. But the reason the nanny doesn't stick is because you don't need a nanny for life. It's true. But, but my answer kinda... my answer was going to be chef anyway. Easy. It's going to be chef no matter easy. what. Easy, easy. Personal trainer. That's easy. Nanny. You don't need a nanny for life, but you do need a nanny for like a good 13 years. What a load off of you to not have to worry about what you're going to eat every day, cooking, the time it takes to cook it. Like I, if I could have any of those hands down, it would be a chef. They could make baby food for me. If I had, like, if I didn't have the nanny, you know what I'm saying? They could prep stuff. Oh my gosh. Chef easy. Chef easy. Meal plan. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't have to worry as much about working out because I could make sure I'm eating the right food. Oh, there's it's a chef, you guys. This is easy. It's a chef. Donnie, I didn't know what the other ones were. Donnie, Trudy, what do you say? A chef. Right. Cooking. It's a chef. Yeah, definitely chef. But I do want to push back on the not needing a nanny for more than 13 <laughs> years. Like you might need a nanny later in life if you're lucky to reach an old age. Like you could there's bring a gap your nanny there. back. There's, There's too big of a gap there, Donnie. Too big. That's true. But Donnie, that's a good point. Kids, that's a really you? good point. <laughs> no, not yet. Hold on. So nobody Don't you on think the we would have talked has, about that already? Nobody on the podcast <laughs> has kids? Trudy does. Trudy, you, yeah, Trudy. All, these, all these niggas is my sons. Like. Oh my god! <laughs> Triggered! Triggered! She did it again. Oh my god! <laughs> True delicious. No, nah, she like late. She laid it up. I had to. She threw me the out. So here's the thing. I think we're gonna put this out. And Trudy, when you put it out, I want you to put the little graphics. Okay. I think we put this out. I think a lot of people are gonna choose nanny. What's your choice? Personal trainer. Everywhere. Yeah. Personal trainer everywhere. Everywhere I go, personal trainer. But I like I will empower this personal trainer to do physical violence to me. So when I'm reaching, get your fat ass out that goddamn refrigerator. <laughs> give me twelve crutches. Oh, we got a little uh, a nugget for you guys. We just uh, this is your president talking. Your president, Joe Biden. Joe Biden <laughs> was talking to a group of people today. He was on he was on camera because he's the president, and he took the time to shout out one of the most. Honorable Americans in the entire world. Run the clip. I'm Vice President Harris, Majority Leader Schumer, Mitch McConnell. Mitch, I don't want to hurt your reputation, but we really are friends. <laughs> and, uh, and that is not a, an epiphany we're having here at the moment. We've always 
You've always done exactly what you've said. You're a man of word, your word and you're a man of honor. Thank you for being my friend. When you think about all that Mitch McConnell has done and continues to do, how can you not be unsettled listening to a man that we helped, extremely influential in getting into office? How can you sit there and not be extremely disturbed by that? That wasn't necessary. There was nothing to be gained from that other than for Mitch McConnell himself. And for you to skip over a Chuck Schumer or whoever else and to sit there and or stand there and say that about Mitch McConnell, a, a man of honor. What what has Mitch McConnell done that's been honorable? So a man of his word, he is because his word is true. So here's here's the thing. Everybody's going to get all pissy about it. Oh, man, you understand politics. These guys are all friends. No. And, and this is the way it goes in Washington. And Van, you, you overreact. I'm not about to overreact. My point is just why. Exactly. That's my point. Exactly. This, so I, I just like, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to be like, fuck Biden. None of that. My, I just have a very, 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 very small question. Why? Just why? And the the question is why? It's like, because, okay, is sucking Mitch McConnell's dick on that podium right there, is that going to get Mitch McConnell to do anything that you want him to do? No. Exactly. But do you know what it's really going to do? Alienate your base. So the question again is why? Mm -hmm. Is smacking him on his ass right there going to get him to vote differently uh, in the violence and police? Is he going to get him to stop filibustering everything that we're trying to do? No, it's mm-hmm. not. The only thing it's going to do is hurt you. So the question, once again, is just why? And it's also insulting to us. Exactly. Yo, I'm sure he's not your enemy. So you guys have been great friends, but he's definitely my fucking enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the president. There are definitely rights that I don't have. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys kick it and play golf and do whatever down in the basement at Camp David, eating fucking ice cream with waffles on it. All kinds of I bet it's great to be the president. Think about it. You got a chef you can make them make whatever you want. I would be in there and be like, yo, See? you know what I want? A chef. Shout out. See? A chef. Once a again, chef. proving our point. Bro, a chef. Proving your point. A chef. Hey, bro, make me a bacon wrapped popsicle. Yes, Mr. President. Whatever. And they down there, let Mitch McConnell McConnell do all that. I'm sure you guys are cool, but we ain't cool, dog. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I don't want you guys to get mad every time I criticize criticize the Democrats. The Democrats, you guys get mad. You guys say, hey, man, fuck you. You overreact. I'm not overreacting. I'm just saying, doesn't seem like No, no, no. For all those people who want to say that to this, answer the why. Explain to us how Biden saying that is good for the party, is good. Not even people in the party, people just who voted for him. Somebody explain to us why, for all the people who might criticize that. All right, Donnie, it's time. It's mailbag time. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Go, come on, hurry up. We'll have time. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, 
It's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. Okay. Jose Suave245 asks, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen happen in church? Hand job. <gasps> okay. One, I can't top that. Fact. I mean. Woman with her hands in a guy pants. Saw, saw it. They look like they were drunk, though. I'm not going to lie. How old were you? Oh, this I was grown. Was grown. Oh, my God. Was that in L.A.? Uh-uh. At an L.A. church? Okay. Uh-uh. Uh, wow. Did they know you saw him? Did you tap I'm him on the sure. shoulder? I'm not sure. She had like a pink dress on. They both looked sort of disheveled. But maybe they had just come in off the street. They were sitting behind me and I heard like a clack, clack. Because like she had fallen down and then he got up and they were laughing. And now I look back and she had her hand in his pants. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was going to say. Handy J. Uh, not the the current church that I that was featured on um, The Bachelor. Not the current church that I attend virtually. But the church growing up, um, craziest thing was the pastor standing up there and letting us know that he had just impregnated one of the. Uh, uh, why can't I talk? One of the people in the church. Congregation members. He Thank impregnated you. Congregation. Him? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, why? Like this was like a scandal. Yeah. He got removed after that. And was why? What's, why did they remove him? And what's See wild what is. Hold on. Why? Why remove him? Okay, we had a very similar conversation with this with um old boy. What's his name? Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz. Um there's a certain you're not supposed to be perfect as a pastor, but how can you stand up and lead a church when something it's not saying that you have to be kicked out from the church, but you're not fit to lead when you're married and then you're impregnating and and it wasn't he impregnated one, he was sleeping with several. He uh-huh. impregnated someone in the con- congregation. Right. How can I can I follow your lead when that's what you're doing? Nobody's kicking you from the church. Nobody's kicking you out the door. But what they're saying is you're not fit to lead at this point. Like David had a man's wife. Killed. David was David lead was David the pastor of a church. He was the king. He was the king. That's a totally <laughs> different. That's a mean? totally different thing. Kings. Okay. Being a king is not the same thing as being a pastor of a church. It's much more responsibility. Not necessarily based in religion. It's true. All right, next question. L. Foxy asks, what fast food chain has the best chicken sandwich? It's Popeye's. Unfortunately, it's just very true. Popeye's um, I don't eat chicken. I don't eat chicken sandwiches. There's something about the idea of an oversized nugget that bothers, doesn't sit right with me that I can't eat so i don't know i'll go Popeyes. what's your deal you That's can't it, eat a chicken sandwich that big chunk of meat it's an oversized nugget somebody Whoa. said that to me once <laughs> hey, somebody said that to me once and I, i've never been able to unsee it you know how picky of an eater i am that's all i needed to hear next question me million thoughts asks what jeopardy category could would you sweep <laughs> None of them. <laughs> I said a couple Not of them one. I could sweep. I could sweep Star Wars. I Star Wars, especially Star Wars movies. I could sweep the MCU. I could sweep 
see if there's is there anything I having to do with entertainment that I could sweep. Uh, I might be able to do something if they're like words that start with this or words oh no. that rhyme with this. No, because <laughs> then they're gonna put a geography question. I'm so bad at geography, so those are the ones I could do. Okay, next question. Sarah Heloso asks, if you had to donate all of your money to one cause, what would it be and why? Jason Wilson and the Cave of Adullam Transitional Teaching Institute for Young Black Boys. I wish they could be one in every single city. I wish we could have them all over the place. I'd give What's it called again, man? The Cave of Adullam. Young Black Men. Self-defense. Emotional maturity, mm. all of those things teaches them to cry sometimes. Because sometimes you gotta cry. I wish they were everywhere. Mm. Um, the question is one cause. It would definitely be rated uh, related to education and mentoring. So maybe I would do the Boys and Girls Club. I don't know one specifically which one I would do, but it have it can't just be education. It would have to have a form of mentoring with it. Because I just think that's so key. It makes it way more personal. It's true. It's true. All right, last one. All right, from Nessa Castellanos. She asks, how would you like to see companies truly honor Black History Month? <sighs> oh, no. To give money. <laughs> I don't even want no uh, product. Money, education, and research, right? Don't money. just give money, but like the training, the knowledge, the education, the tools, equipments, equip them with that as well. And the money. Both. Both. Money. Or how about this? This is to all companies out there if you really want to show that you're about it. Just for February, name a Black History Month CEO. Make a black person the CEO of your company. And then let us go around and change shit up. That's the gift that keeps on giving you around. Everybody get Juneteenth off. I hire all my people, all my cousins. Everybody gets a job. You know what I mean? But all of this dumb shit, putting the dashiki on the products, that's not going to work. Take I, I don't, I'm, not so you have, I'm not interested in that. Do you have a problem if they use colors? Because that is what uh, Bath & Body Works did. They use colors. They use black, red, yellow, green. That's what they did. You have a problem Guys, with that? Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Look around this room. Look, 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 like I got Willie Rowe from the Saints over there. I got an LSU helmet. I got a, my dad's Lariat. I got a bookshelf. I got a bunch of watches, all kinds of stuff. I got ring lights like a thought. I got all kinds of things around here, right? All of this. Do you see any fucking red, black, and green shit? We got some African-American <laughs> art out there. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got, don't get me wrong, but you see, like, no, man, be regular. Right. Like, right, like just right. do your thing. If and look and don't do it with the colors. How about this? How about take? How about this? Take some of those products and do a whole section of products. And maybe they're doing this from young black female business owners there to spotlight them for the month. Put their stuff front and center. Their product, their regular product. Not that's in, good. Yeah, stuff like that. Stuff that actually helps raise awareness for stuff that black people are doing every day. Stuff that's going to last longer than February, man. That's the only thing I say. Not to not to nitpick, you know. We get everybody trying to learn the right way to do it, but I don't know, bro. Just put Charlie Brown in a kufi and then say it's a black Charlie Brown. Nah, man. We want our own cartoon. All right. 
That's enough of mailbag. The last question pissed me off. Do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Um, yeah, uh, Robin Thicke. Yeah, and King Jong. Now oh. here's the thing: they did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That's is that is that how you say his name? Seriously, is, is it King Jong? Ken Jong. Okay. Yeah, Robin Thicke and Ken Jong. Yeah, go ahead. You, what are you saying now? Well, yeah, if you guys didn't know, um, it's been reported on the mass Singer that Rudy Giuliani was unmasked. And when the judges saw who was unmasked, Robin Thicke and Ken Jong walked off set in protest. Good for them. Now, they came back and finished the show. So it's maybe it's half. They get half a point for being an unexpe- unexpected ally of the week, but they at least, unlike Nicole Schwerschen, Schwerschen, Zerger, sorry, I'm messing that up, and no, J.D. No, McCarthy. Let's, let's, hold on. Nicole <laughs> Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Nicole Scher- unlike Nicole Scherzinger and J.D. McCarthy, Ooh. who sat there and, uh, you know, uh, bantered with him until they came back. So at well, least they got what. up and were bothered by what? I had a Nicole Scherzinger phase, man. Well, it needs to Oof. stop today. A little too skinny for me back then. Not body shaming, but you know, I like all I you know what I'm saying? I like heavyweight. I like heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? I was at 140 and up. Like, and that's, that's not even all. We going, I like, a, I like you know, I'm from the South, baby. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Come on. You know, 140 and up. And that's a lightweight. That's a the lightweight category. Oh, wait. Rachel's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>